This isn't for your eyes. episode of the Groovy Goonies podcast, the podcast that is too good for anybody to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Mr. Reese Griffiths, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. David White. Hello. Uh, this episode, we're continuing with Clive Barker's season, discussing Hellraiser 4, also known as Hellraiser Bloodline, yep. and Hellraiser 5, also known as Hellraiser Inferno. Before we get into Clive Barker, let's do the chatty bitches bit and chat about some stuff we've been doing. Indeed. You doing anything, Dave? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> cool, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> so, how is that? What are you up to, man? Uh, I went to Idols game. Oh, you did, yeah. Tram Shed. Um, uh, yeah. Are you good? It was great. Um, I've never seen Idols before. I've seen some live footage and was like, yeah, just, you know, your standard sort of band. Yeah. Oh, I say standard sort of band. Yeah. I've seen it before. <laughs> the, the gig fucking dude that I am. <laughs> All those hundreds of thousands of gigs we've been to over the years. Yeah. Um, they put on an awesome show, played a cracking set. And they did something I'd never seen before. Okay, what's that? They had people up on stage, which... I've seen before, yeah. but they handed over instruments. Oh wow! So the guitarist, the one guitarist, gave his guitar to a girl. Yeah. I was trying to show her what to play, right. and she couldn't play it. So a friend came up. Yeah. The girl was holding the guitar, doing the strumming, and the other girl was holding like the note and okay. the chords and strumming away. Yeah. The other guitarist gave his guitar to some kid yeah. who just started making noise. Yeah. <laughs> so you had the drummer and the bass player. They're just keeping like a beat and a rhythm going. Yeah. These other two sets of guitar people are just fucking about with a guitar. Okay. The singer's gone off stage at this point. There's some were, other... were these guitars like still plugged in? Yeah, still plugged yeah. in. So they're still making noise. Yeah, we're so still getting. They can imagine that be fucking horrible. <laughs> it was pretty weird. Like um, the kid wasn't terrible. The boy that was playing, I'm not sure yeah. what the girls were doing. Yeah. I couldn't really see, but it looked like they were playing something of some description. I mean, the guitars did show them what the sort of yeah, yeah. hold and then. Still, I mean, you first pick up a guitar and somebody says, right, play this. <laughs> yeah, it's just, gonna be terrible. Just keep doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it wasn't like a particular song as such. It was, you know, they were closing and just jamming, if yeah. you will. Um, and yeah, the, the, they had people up on stage that were dancing out of the crowd. Yeah. Um, you had 
the one the one guitarist and um, you'll have to forgive me I don't know names I'm terrible at people's names but the one guitarist took part of the drum kit away mm -hmm. then climbed up on the PA to give people in the balcony a drumstick and held up a piece of kit so <laughs> you got people up in the balcony playing part of the <laughs> yeah. drums while he's sort of dangling the mic in his mouth and singing some gibberish yeah and it was just like an all-in jamboree oh, that's pretty cool <laughs> it was pretty weird I've never yeah. seen it before yeah. and I was like wow yeah, well done yeah yeah um, the support band I was really keen to check out, they're called Crows. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool name. Yeah. I like Crows. Good. They're on the label that the Idols guy started, yeah. and they're cool. And then they come out, and I fucking hated them. Oh, really? <laughs> 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 I not the band's fault by any measure. The music is solid. Okay. I really enjoy sound the issue? music. Sound was pretty good. Yeah. It's just... The minute the lead singer guy came out and he had two microphones, yeah, one of them which is like one of the old school sort of singing microphones, the big chunky things, yeah, which he'd obviously had set up running through effects pedals and had like a reverb on it, yeah, and they were going for almost like a, I don't know, I want to say like a Swans thing, okay, it was like a sort of Swans cross with the sound was heavy like droney yeah, yeah it's got that swans feel but then the singer he just reminded me of morrissey oh no. and, yeah, yeah it was like and that was yeah, it yeah as so soon like, as it was, it was like yeah. the sad sad lyrics i'm lonely yeah. love me love oh, me love me through the yeah. reverb i was like fuck oh, this done, done. Yeah. sorry guys yeah, yeah. not buying it <laughs> I, mean, I know there's a laura smith's fans out there but I fucking hate him. I can't stand him. I can't stand him. I think Morrissey is a cunt. Oh, he's the biggest cunt. <laughs> so yeah. if you're modelling yourself out, I don't think it was like an intentional thing, and I don't like know enough about Morrissey outside yeah. of his account. Yeah, yeah. That, but the minute he, I was just, oh, this is this this guy is going to be one of those guys that like a magazine like Enemy jumps on yeah, top of. Yeah, it's yeah. like the new face of British rock and roll. Yeah. And he's going to go on to have like solo albums and yeah. have like diehard vegan fans with him and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, man, nah, fuck that guy. Yeah. We're gonna have it, guys. Rest of you, rest you, just find a different front man. Yeah. Um, no, he might be a nice guy. Like I said, it just didn't work. No, for me. the whole Morrissey thing, man, was off me at all. Yeah. As soon as he came out, and I just got that vibe. I mm -hmm. said to Mark, it was just like, yeah, this mm -hmm. something about him. I just can't get behind him. It's ruining it for me. Yeah. But yeah, no, outside of that, Idols, fucking love it. Cool. Love it. Um, I've been reading for the first time in ages. Mm -hmm. um, I picked up the Central Aliens graphic novel collection. Ah, cool. And I remember when I was younger going to the library. Somebody explained to me when I was in junior school what a library was, and I thought, this is cool, it's a place where I can go and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's loads of books, and I can borrow books. Amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I used to ask my parents to take me there quite regularly, and they'd mm. drop me off, and they like, right, don't leave, we're going to do shop, we'll be back in an hour. Yeah. And I kind of potted around looking at books. I used to check books out without reading them, because yeah. I had this whole thing that if I carried books around, I'd look smart. Right. smart people read books I don't need to read them I can just carry them around yeah. people will think I'm smart <laughs> I'm assuming that worked for you quite well yeah. <laughs> it's carried me through <laughs> to this very day um, but yeah I stumbled across like when I moved from the kids books to sort of the young adults books and I did read some stuff Yeah, but like I come across the graphic novels bit mm. and like it wasn't the Batman stuff 
the necessarily droomy so much as the alien stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of that stuff is really, especially the predator stuff, graphic, really violent yeah. stuff. And it was like, wow, man, they let me like look at this here. <laughs> yeah. I can look at it. <laughs> so a lot of that stuff I read like countless times, and especially when I was like, oh yeah, you can check it out. It's a comic book. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> if only they knew. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so going back and reading some of them is pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, the Disney takeover of Fox, and mm. um, it was in the balance was the whole uh, Predator, Aliens, okay. future, because yeah. Disney's not going to release any Alien films, are they? Yeah. Being Disney. But actually, they've said that they are. There is a plan of action to get Aliens back on track and have a new series of Alien films. I'm a little bit sceptical. Yeah? Yeah. Not sold? I don't know, man. They need to make a really fucking good alien film. That's it. They, we've had a couple of bad ones. A couple yeah. of okay ones. Yeah. But only, for me, I'm probably putting too much faith into Disney. Yeah. But when they took... They, 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 you think of the DC... The DC... The Marvel movies... Yeah, yeah. ...that have come out from Disney Studios. Yeah, yeah. And the amount of money, the first couple obviously they were a bit reserved, but they still pumped a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. And what that grew to be. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> obviously, the target audience is not the same. And that's the thing, I mean, are they going to pump enough money into it to make a good one? Because obviously, they might not make that money back. Yeah, they might not make the same amount of money back as what they would. I like to think that taking on these, I mean, they're popular franchises, they are money makers yeah. if done right. Yeah. I'd like to think that they're going to make an effort to do it right yeah, yeah. and not just give not it just to somebody to, to yeah, tune yeah. some shitty sequel out. It yeah. will be new yeah. timelines to carry on. I mean, I'm all up for more Alien. Like, I wasn't really sold on Covenant all that much. No. But, um, yeah, I mean, if they can make a good one, then go for it, you know? Have you seen the trailer for the new Doom film? The straight to video Doom. Is it straight to video? I didn't know. <laughs> I, so. I just saw like a, an article for like new new Doom film. I'm like, ah, cool. It looks yeah. pretty fucking awful, to be honest. It, yeah, that's why I assume it's straight to video. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> it does look like it's got much of a budget. I mean, come on, make a good Doom film, please. Ah, the, the potential for a Doom film is there, like. Yeah. Make a Doom film. Make it about the Doomslayer, set in hell. Yeah. No, Drop don't down. make it about space marines anymore. Yeah. Make it about some dude in hell killing demons. Boom. That's all we Yeah, exactly. All in needs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there were elements. I haven't watched the first one for a long time. Yeah, it's been years since I've seen it. Yeah. But I remember I got really excited about the first person shooter. Yeah, bit they turns did. out it didn't really work that well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd so have the, thought? So in the train, I was like, that's going to be so cool. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh. Yeah, I think that's why I've seen that film, Hardcore Henry. Oh, right. That's what it's called anyway. Yeah, Hardcore awesome. Henry's pretty good. Yeah. It's all right. Like, it's I not. don't know, man. The first person thing in Doom kind of put me off. It's not by any means. Uh, cult classic yeah but it's a bit you know popcorn for the brain you just yeah. sit there and chill out for a bit watching it it's pretty fucking wild I can imagine there's better popcorn for the brain out there I can't eat have you seen Us yet I have not seen Us yet neither have I oh, so conversation over keen. <laughs> I'm so keen I've been trying yeah, to yeah no, I'm keen for that definitely trying to convince the wife yeah. there's Pet Sematary's out as well which yes. is another yeah fucking must see, must see. Yeah. Um, but yeah because we live in the sticks and nobody to watch the kids it's quite difficult to like 
Yeah, yeah. Wang will be sitters. Yeah, definitely. Same the trips. But now I've been nothing but good things. Mm. And there's loads of fucking stuff in like my Twitter timeline and YouTube about oh the ending explained. I yeah, don't need yeah, the fucking yeah, ending yeah. explained. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, exactly. And even if I do watch it, I don't need your explanation of the end. I hate these exp- ending explained things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch it and you take something from it, the ending, that's it. That's all I need to do. Yeah. You don't need it explained unless it's some massive fucking plot twist that you missed. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, that's a shit film. Well, maybe you didn't get the end. Yeah, exactly. what, what this actually means is, but like, it's, uh, it's the same with fucking what was Inception. Oh, the ending of Inception explained. I don't need to explain. No. It was there. Yeah, I got it. You yeah. twiddled the thing. I saw the end. And it just, it just, it just kept going. I got it. It did yeah. a little bit of a wobble and then faded. Yeah. So we don't know what happened. That's it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. need any more And this is the actual director telling you like things you may have missed or like uh, his interpretation of how he imagined the ending going. Yeah. Then just some random fuck on the internet telling me what his thoughts are. I don't care. Yeah, there, there was a um, big Sopranos fan, a yeah. big massive Sopranos fan, love it. And the last episode is like a cut to black. Yeah. And there's all these like fan theories and all that. And he's like, oh, you know, the ending explained. And it's like, that is the end. Yeah, the yeah. fade to black there's is no the explanation end. needed for that. I know you don't, it's not what you were expecting. Yeah. But that's the end. For anything explained further than that, it's surely it's just fan fiction. It's just, yeah, it's fiction. It, it is just speculation yeah, on yeah. what you would like it to mean yeah, yeah. or I think it means this it must mean this because this yeah. no it is what it is <laughs> it's self-contained <laughs> they're sitting down cut the black. Black. that's the end that's yeah. where you're left <laughs> fucking morons yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've heard that Rob Zombie's finished production now on 3 From Hell yeah I think he's wrapped up um there was a leak going around that apparently it's going to be released on Halloween, but he's confirmed that that's yeah, nonsense. Not, yeah. <clears throat> um, I kind of want to be interested in it, but I'm not overly I'm interested at the moment. Fully in for three from now. I want to see Definitely. it, but I haven't got that buzz for it yet. I don't yeah. know if it's because the trailer hasn't dropped. Yeah, maybe. Um, but it's been a long time since I watched a thousand House of a Thousand Corpses. And Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects. Mm. So it's not overly familiar at the moment. Yeah. Um, what was the last couple of things he did? He did 31, which was okay. Which is the one about the record? Uh, uh, Lords of Salem. Lord of Salem. Yeah, that's, that's the last one I watched by him. I haven't watched 31. Lords of Salem was alright. Yeah. Um, it was okay. It wasn't great. Uh, yeah, it was a bit too much for my liking. Uh, the sort of imagery he was trying to like same with Halloween 2 and the white horse thing yeah, and that like yeah, forced yeah. it's trying it's to show the symbolism with yeah, symbolism yeah. rather than just show each other yeah. Um, yeah I think there's a lot of angles to say that mm. it's good effort yeah I don't know like at least with we know with, with Three From Hell he's got strong characters and we know he can write strong characters because of Devil's Rejects and House of Blood Quarters and so I'd like I really enjoyed his like his remix of Halloween. I think those are the last ones I actually enjoyed by him. There. I remember I really enjoyed Halloween one, and a lot of people like they really fucking hate his Halloween movies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but they just they nods to Halloween. Yeah, yeah. They like a reimagining of Halloween. Yeah, exactly. He's not like rebooted the franchise or anything like that. Stick to it. his take on it. Almost. Yeah. yeah. And he's clearly a big Halloween yeah. fan. Yeah. You yeah. know. He, there's a lot of love going in those films, alright. 
they might not be the best Halloween movies, mm. um, but they take enough boxes for me to be. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Speaking of Three from Hell and the stellar cast, yeah. Um, for the love of horror in Manchester later in the year, mm-hmm. um, it's like a horror convention apparently where we will get to see both. Well, I say both. <coughs> Not only will we get to see Sid Haig, who plays Spalding, mm-hmm. and for the love of my Bill Mulray. We only had a scrabble last year. So, for the love of speed, oh, fuck me. <laughs> Ba, 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 ba. Speaking of three from hell, mm. uh, my voice went back. Fuck. Outtakes. 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 Speaking of three from hell cast, um, the for the love of horror horror convention is coming up in Manchester later in the year. Yeah. It's going to have both Sid Haig, who plays Captain Spaulding, yeah. and Bill Mosley. Who plays the other guy? That's pretty fucking awesome. Can't remember his name because, like I said, we can't That's it. Otis Driftwood. Yeah. It's also got Tony Todd, Candyman himself, is going to be there. Wow. Which is not a bad fucking lineup. Yeah, definitely. Um, Owen and I about doing that or the Sheffield Horror Con. Yeah. Which uh, we did last year. I did. Me, Chris did last year. Buddy Chris. Um. But. I don't know, it's not as strong a draw this year. Yeah. They have got Corey Feldman. Oh, okay. I was going to say Corey Haynes, he's dead. Corey Feldman. <laughs> I keep going Corey Haynes' corpse. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to wheel him out. <laughs> Just stick in there. Yeah. He's not really signing stuff, but you can do photos with him. Grim. But yeah, Corey Feldman's going to be there. Um, while I'm not a super fan of him, mm. I think he's a bit of a kooky character. Yeah. And would kind of like to see him yeah. being kooky. Is but that what if he turned out he's just like a normal dude? Yeah, he says, hey man, and I'm not on the screen at the moment, so I'm not acting up. Yeah, yeah man, I'm so disappointed. Yeah. I'm hoping you're going to be batshit crazy and like dancing and stuff. Yeah. Doing your whole Michael Jackson thing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think Manchester wins for us this year. Hmm. Yeah, sounds good. The trailer for um, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker came out the other day. Did you see it? I did. I did get around to watching it. Um, I'm very much interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To see how that's going to pan out. Hmm. Um, Joaquin looks like he's doing a bang up job as the Joker. It looks interesting as fuck. Yeah. Um, getting a Joker origin story is always appealing. Mm. Uh, there's the speculation in the trailer that that little boy in the schoolyard is Bruce Wayne, young Bruce oh, Wayne. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe then that makes Joker super fucking old by the time he's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, no, I'm keen. Yeah, I'm keen. Yeah, definitely. Looks, looks pretty good, North Famous. Looks very sad. Yeah, but it, it's definitely got a tone, a grim. Yeah. I think that's supposed to add to like you know the cause of his breakdown and the yeah, yeah. of um, but yeah man looks cool you we'll see also mm-hmm. other breaking news they've announced that for the Chucky reboot who's doing the voice of Chucky 
Did you catch this or did you miss this bit? This no, I missed that. News. Joker himself, Mr. Mark Hamill, is now voicing Chucky in the new oh, wow. Chucky movie. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I was a bit, why didn't they ask Brad to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the idea is that Chucky as we know him is possibly carrying on the TV series if I'm not talking at the shit with Brad as the with Brad Dorif still doing it it's going to okay. be like a separate entity so yeah, yeah. new Chucky yeah. um, instead of being voodoo possessed I believe it's like AI gone awry mm. um, so having a new voice I'm all for that and a yeah, new sort yeah. of yeah definitely adds an element of it's new it's new and exciting new and exciting Chucky yeah. um, and I hope that Brad Dorif still continues to do Chucky voice for TV if it's going to be become a TV series. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, super soaked, soaked, super soaked. Mark Hamill just makes me so fucking wet. <laughs> super stoked for yeah, Mark Hamill. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, have you checked out the Critter Show yet? I have not. I don't think it's available in the UK yet. What's oh, that? Um, it's on Shudder, yeah. but I was talking to again. Chris, name drop, crew is, um, about it, because I said it's on Shudder, and he was like, fuck that, then you know, um, so check it out. And then he sent me a link to it, and then he was like, it doesn't work. Oh, shit. Um, so I'm assuming, there's like a bit of a delay between like when stuff's out in the US and when it's out over here. Yeah. Um, which Shudder, if you're listening, needs to sort your shit out. <laughs> um, you've got like the whole Joe Bob Briggs thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you can't watch it live. Like okay. we can in America, you yeah. have to wait for it to be like yeah. repeated right. then over here. That's right. Which, I mean, to be honest, I'm not going to watch it live either because it's yeah. probably going to be a fucking stupid o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so I just happen to be awake. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's stuff like that that, like, I don't know, that delay mm. puts me off. Yeah, yeah. Even though yeah, it has no impact on my life whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mentally, it pisses me yeah. off. I can see the same rights as those fucking Americans. Always there in the back of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Always just eating away at me. Yeah. Another thing, chipping away at my happiness. <laughs> I'm not your good things about it, anyway. No. No. I'm kind of not expecting, like, the Critters franchise, I think, really didn't aim to do what it tried to do I think it meant to be a serious scary and the first one's pretty fucking creepy for yeah. like a young teen movie yeah, yeah but then the rest they just get a bit daft yeah I agree with <clears> you <throat> definitely and so I think with this I think they've tried to keep the daft element going mm. they're not too serious yeah um, but I'm still keen I'd love to see critters get a fucking reboot yeah yeah absolutely and in the, fourth, in the fourth one, this is when they go to space, isn't it? Yeah. And speaking of space, should we move on to Hellraiser? Hellraiser! <laughs> Hellraiser 4 Bloodline <laughs> is Pinhead in Space. Pinhead in Space, where every franchise goes to die. Because <laughs> um, in space, no one can hear a franchise scream. <laughs> <laughs> I did a quick check because I was like, oh, there must be other, like, it must have been like a reoccurring thing. Um, coincidentally, Leprechaun 4. Leprechaun in Space yeah. was also made in the same year. Um, so 96. 96. Yeah. And also isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be honest, before we, we get too deep, uh, I'd like to sort of make a formal apology right. where I said after three they're all pretty gash. 
Yeah. Um, I'd like to retract that statement. Okay. Uh, I actually quite enjoyed four. Yeah. And I think I liked five more than three and four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm now super keen to see what the rest are like. <laughs> I think I can confidently say that. <laughs> six, seven, eight, and possibly even nine. Ah, shit. Aren't the great ones. <laughs> Uh, but I have, I've not seen them. I, I think I've seen eight, maybe, like years ago or a few years ago. But obviously, it didn't leave a lasting memory. We can't remember anything about it. So, yeah. Hellraiser 4, Bloodlines, Hellraiser in Space. So, yeah, the year was 96, it came out. It was. And you filled me in with a little tidbit about the director thing. Yeah. So, it's directed officially by an Alan Smithy. But. Alan Smithy is the real guy. <clears throat> Alan Smithy is a common pseudonym for directors whose film was clearly taken away from her, him, and recut heavily against her, his wishes in ways that completely altered the film. And that completely didn't sound like it was totally read for my MDB. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, IMDB. <laughs> um, I was completely unaware that this was a thing. Yeah. That like you could be a director of a film. And if it was recut, so it's not the kind of film that you had envisioned or originally set out to make, you could actually take your name, name off it. Yeah. To be honest, I only found out about it through researching the Hellraiser films. Because it goes on to also state, um, the Directors Guild has been striving for decades to establish the director as the author of a film. Mm. And part again, the credit for the success is taking credit for the failures. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah, you can't just go, oh, this is a pile of shit, I'm going to take my name off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, if a studio interferes that much... Yeah, if it's up to your hands. Like, if you've just made a shit film, then you should be <clears throat> held accountable for it. Yeah. But if, it's, if it is out of your hands, then you should be able to say, oh, actually, I can't... Actually, take my name off. I don't want to be involved in this at all. Because there was a lot of reshoots and stuff like that, done after the, like, during sort of the crew production. Right. Or post production, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm oh, not a filmmaker. Yeah. Nah. Before they finished making it, they did some reshoots. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't in line with what he thought the film should be, or what his original vision for the film was, so yeah, he took his name off it. And what's that guy's name again? The actual director guy. Yeah. I'll just his name up from trusty IMDB again. Uh, Kevin Yeager. Kevin Yeager, yeah. Um, who's actually a special effects guy, so that was quite interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of guys involved in four that have been either long-time collaborators in the Hellraiser franchise or have gone on to do other works in the Hellraiser franchise. Uh, Gary Tannicliffe was involved and he actually directed nine and ten. Well, he wrote nine and he wrote and directed ten, something like that. I was really surprised to see Clive Barker's name back on this as an executive producer. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because, I mean, it doesn't really have... I, I don't think it's a Clive Barker film, necessarily. I think he's obviously had a certain degree of input, I think. Mm. Um, because this, this film essentially is like an Origins of the Box yeah. film. Where does it come from? Um, so, film opens up. It's in space. In space. We've got a guy sitting at a desk with some magic gloves on. He's controlling a robot. He's opening up the box. <laughs> Don't say magic. <laughs> <laughs> science gloves. Yeah. Sorry, not magic gloves. Science <laughs> gloves. 
I get confused science and magic. Science magic all the same to me. Yeah. I don't understand how it works. It's fucking magic. I've been questioning it anyway. <laughs> he's got his magic science gloves on. <laughs> and he's controlling this robot to open the box. And he triggers the opening of the box. Robot blows up. Bam. But then these, what I can sort of assume is like the space police turn up. Yeah, I think they are. Because this guy is supposed to be the super scientist. He's designed this space station. Your standard space balloons. And I'm sure. Yeah, coming into kick ass and take names. Um, he's designed the space station, and the idea is. I'm jumping ahead of it. Yeah, it's not. Well, the idea behind the space station is not revealed until the end, so it seems. He's designed the space station, kicked everybody off, and he's essentially living in his cabin, which has got this secure area where he's looking the box. Um, so he gets arrested by the space police. Yeah. Well, they start questioning him. He starts telling the story of his bloodline. See where I'm going? Wow. Um, so his great, 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 great uncle. I don't know how far how many greats it is. Uncle, dad, grandfather. Um, there's a couple of greats because it's back during the 1800s. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah my and he's making the box. He's, yeah, he's, he's been commissioned by a French duke. The looks of him. A, French, a fancy French yeah, duke? Yeah. Who's into the old black magic thing. Uh, to create the box, a puzzle box. It doesn't know what it's for. Just, um, I, I'm guessing he's given the design and he just creates it. He has a bit of an argument with his wife because she says it's for shit. <laughs> she's not. She's not overjoyed. No. By his boss. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> well, great. Thanks it did. For that. Part of this just lifting up and yeah. move forward, and then come back again. Spent weeks on this. <laughs> it's a moving fucking box. Yeah, yeah. This is eighteen hundred. We didn't have moving things back then. <laughs> Why are you not like fascinated by this? Completely blown away and mm. grateful wife. Yeah. So yeah, he finishes the box and he goes to give it to the French Duke. I can't remember his name. I'm terrible with names. No, he's only in it for like 20 minutes, isn't he? Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> As if this whole thing's not going to be a massive fucking spoiler alert. Um, so yeah, he runs out the house to give this box to the people that commissioned it for him. Or commissioned it, gave him a commission to do it. Commissioned him to make commissioned it. To make yeah. it. Yeah. That's right, yeah. They paid him to make a box. Yeah. He's delivering the box he's made. So yeah, cut to the mansion or the home of the French Duke. Fancy house. Yeah. No guard dogs. Yeah, yeah, no guard dogs, no scooty at all. Just two dudes. Just two dudes. Just turn out with some, I'm assuming she's a prostitute. Yeah, I'm assuming she must be at a later, well, we don't really cover it later, except that she has to be christened. Yeah, yeah. That's the key thing, they cover. Yeah, so yeah, they bring this prostitute, we assume. It's the French Duke and his assistant, Jacques. Is it Jacques? Sounds all right. It's French. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why not? They're all Jack. <laughs> Jack. Jack Cousteau. Jack Gadou. Pierre Croissant. Pierre Jack. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So yeah, this the French Duke and his assistant with his prostitute. They tie it to a chair. The assistant strangles it to death. And. Then they get a knock on the door from Michant, who gives them the box. He gets paid. He should have just left at that point, to be honest. Yeah, happy days. I got my money. I'm off. Yeah. Done my, done my job. They don't hang about. But he doesn't. He sort of sneaks by one of the windows to see what's going on. 
So these dudes are up to something. They yeah. look shady as fuck with their yeah. wigs on and their face paints. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he sneaks by the window, he sees them then gutting the girl. I think that's a safe. Well, they skin her, don't they? Yeah, well, they take all the skin off. They, there's like buckets full of like viscera and yeah. shit like that. Which is where I go a bit confused. Because they obviously take out... Oh, well, no, I'm not confused. I've just explained it to myself while thinking about it. <laughs> they skin her and take out all her innards and then drag away the carcass. Yeah. The, the, the muscle structure and bone. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd say the all body, the, all the core, like, all the core. Yeah, they just like peeled it, um, and then they do some black magic with all the blood. Yeah, there's like a pentagram on the floor, which lights up red and blue. Whilst the French Duke is reciting some Latin, I guess. Some spooky shit. Yeah, some spooky shit. He's saying some spooky shit. He's calling some spooky shit. Yeah, and then the sack. Of skin, <laughs> the, I guess you'd call it. The, the sleeve. The husk. The sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Her skin, essentially. <laughs> What's left of her skin is then filled by a demon with himself whom they've summoned. And the one thing that he tells, the, the main boss guy tells Jack, Jock, is that the demon will always do your bidding as yeah. long as you don't stand in hell's way. Yes. Which is the key. Exactly. So yeah, Lamechant, he's watching all this unfold. I think at some point he must go back home. Yeah. Yeah, he goes so, home. Yeah, he just knows how to fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's just sore. He's talking to the mortician guy. Yes, <coughs> that's right. Yeah. Who's on about? Oh, we're in the 1800s. But, you know, we've, we've proven, proven that God doesn't exist. And by default, if God doesn't exist, neither does hell. Yeah. And he essentially gives Mishant the idea that if he can create a box that can open up the gateway to hell, then he can also create a box to close the gateway to hell. So he goes back, he looks at his, his designs, and he figures that he'll need the original box in order to create the new box. So he sneaks back into the mansion. Again, no security. I mean, they're doing some pretty shady shit in there. You'd think they'd have at least a dog or somebody to look out. But like, yeah, all of this, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> clean up. It's fucking gross. Come on, Jeeves. Yeah. What's what's the French Jeeves? Jeeves. 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 Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, he sneaks in there, almost out if you like, and he sees the French Duke with what I'm assuming is barbed wire across his face. I'm not sure if it's barbed wire if it's been cut. It looks like wire, doesn't it? Right, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. But he's the guy that's flopped on a chair. In a mess. Yeah. The box is next to him with like loads of maggots and horrible stuff on it. And Angelique and Jacques, Jacques. I think. <laughs> They're in the bedroom doing naughty stuff to each other. <laughs> so yeah, he goes to try and grab the box. But the French Duke kind of wakes up a little bit. He's not quite dead. Yeah. And he sort of leans towards him, freaks out Meshant, and he looks up and then Angelique is there. Fully clothed somehow. Yeah. He's a really fast dresser. And um, what does she say? Something about his nimble fingers and playing yeah, with me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something about nimble fingers. I can't remember the exact way. But yeah, um, 
So he's caught. Oh, shit. Yeah. And Jack then has some speech about how it's... His father, he's created yeah, the box. Yeah, his father's created the box that Roman pulled to hell and his bloodline's eternally cursed. And then we assume that Angelique's killed him, but he's not quite dead. Yeah, he orders, Jacques orders Angelique to kill him. Yes. And, and then... Nosy uh, wife turns up. Yes. Nosy right. wife's all like, there's something not quite right here. I'm going to go look in this house and again sneaks in through a window. Yeah, or the open door probably. The open door, yeah, just walked straight in. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the toy maker's name again? Michant. Michant. Michant comes crawling out of the room, not quite dead, tells her to run away. Yeah, save the baby because she's also baby. pregnant, which mm. is a, an important thing. Tying the bloodline. Yes. So, um, they, yeah, she escapes with being pregnant, we assume the Mark Michant dies, and then it cuts back to space. Space. Um, he's explaining that he can stop all this, he just needs to, you know, be let out of the interrogation room. Space jail. Space jail. Temporary space jail on his ship. Um, she wants a bit more persuading, so he continues the tale of the timeline. Timeline? Bloodline. Bloodline. <coughs> And we go back to what I assume is like the 90s. Yeah, it must be, yeah. Like present day when the film yeah. was shot. Yeah, so like mid-90s. Um, we see a descendant of Merchant. Merchant? I think his name is John. Merchant, John Merchant. Yeah, yeah. I think his name is John anyway. John Merchant. Yeah. John Merchant. Could be Steve. Steve. Bob. <laughs> yeah. Bob Merchant. Bob Merchant. So, yeah. Um, Merchant is plagued by dreams of Angelique. Uh, every night he has these weird dreams where she's telling him about his bloodline and how he needs to fulfil his destiny, I believe. She knows what's in his heart. That's right. Uh, yeah. And then we cut to Angelique and Jacques, who obviously she's managed to keep him alive for seven, 200 years. 200 years, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, she's saying that she needs to go to um, John Mission. New York. She's New, York. New York. To. I'm not sure if she explains it then, but obviously Merchant's built this massive sort of structure based around the design of the box. So she's saying she has to go there in order to, probably obviously go to... Get the box and go away. Complete the box, yeah, yeah to open up. The gateway to hell will stay open, essentially, rather than just being a little box that opens up little gateways and lets them sneak through every now and again. Giant box that will open a giant gateway yeah. and all hell follow. Indeed, hell on earth, you could say. So yeah, um, and Jacques is like, nope, 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 nope. You can't go, I won't let you, you're mine. Yes, and she's not happy about that, obviously. But then, call back to earlier. Yeah. Must never get in the way of Hell's plans. So yeah, she, he essentially stands in Hell's way, which means that she gets to kill him in a fairly horrible manner. Essentially, she's been his slave for the last like 200 years. Yeah. And he can do whatever he wants to her. And so, we kind of get this whole, she's finally free. 
so she makes the most out of punching him. Yeah. Um, which it did make me cringe a little bit. There's a bit where she like bites his cheek. Yes. Takes a yeah. chunk of his cheek out and then she's like fingering yeah, it. Yeah, oh. she does poke it a bit. I was like, oh man, that's close. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then she's off to, to America to find Jack. John? John. <laughs> merchant. Yeah, Merchant. It's like merchant. merchant from I'm that. fucking terrible with names. I can't get anybody yeah. in Hellraiser's name. In Hellraiser? Yeah, it is Hellraiser, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we are talking about Hellraiser. <laughs> I can't get anybody in this franchise's name correct, except for maybe Pinhead. Yeah. Um, yeah, off she goes to New York. He's won an award for his marvellous box building. Well, he's, he's an architect. So he's won, yeah, award for his architectural magnificence. Yes. Um, and he sees Angelique there. He's like freaking the fuck out. Um, so he sort of quickly does his speech and runs away. Gone. And then... We then go to Angelique with some horny dude. Remember the horny dude? Oh, the dude she bumps the bag with. Drops her bag? Yes. The yeah, horny yeah, dude, yeah. yeah. I believe it's like the least enthusiastic line about getting laid ever. <laughs> So Angelique's leaving the function, bumps into this guy, she's like, you fool! And he's like, oh, sorry, sorry, picking up all this stuff. And he's not by any means remotely attractive in the Hollywood sense. Um, and Angelique, in theory, in real life, would never look at him twice in this sort of manner. Yeah. But she's all like, oh, I don't know how I'll ever repay you. Obviously, insinuating, they're going to get down and dirty. So he's like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So she starts taking him to the bottom of the building. Into yeah, this new horny toad gets killed. <laughs> horny toad. It's not good to be a horny toad in the world of Hellraiser. She brings him down. She's all like, oh, yes. Wow, what's if she fucking says something about, you know, I've got a treat in store for you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I like oh, yeah. treats. Do you like games or something like that? Games. Oh, yeah, I like games. Yeah. Like completely <laughs> unamused. Yeah. Super hot lady, offering her on a plate, couldn't give a shit. I don't know, I, I do think he adds a sort of keenness in his eye. In his eye? Yeah. <clears throat> Just not his delivery. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I wasn't looking for the sparkle in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> but lo and behold, she goes, tells him to shut his eye, goes behind a pillar, punches through, and he's like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, wow, she's obviously breaking shit, dude. Yeah. My eyes would be wide open at yeah, this yeah. point. I'm getting the fuck out. But yeah, maybe, no, maybe he was like enthralled with it, completely like, yeah, maybe. So taken with it that he couldn't emphasize his excitement through his voice. Mm. Um, but she's managed to find the box buried in the building. Yes. Now, is this a nod back to three? Where at the end of three, we see the building built? I think it is, actually. Yeah. And we know the box is put in the cement. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> So we've got some continuity here, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, she finds the box. Um, gives the box to him. He's playing with the box. Opens the box. <gasps> Who comes through? Our boy, Pinhead. Not before the chains come through the box and drag him into hell. <laughs> yeah, poor fucker. He which got a did make me question the whole 
line in two where um, Tiffany's opening the box and then Penai comes through and he does the whole no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> and um, he says that it's not hands that call us, it's desire. Now, obviously, that guy had no desire to be dragged to hell. He had no idea what the box was. But I think you see him, he's obviously clearly into the box at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she stood behind him, like, and he's not like, oh, when am I going to get laid? Yeah. He's very much in the box. So I think at this point, maybe he's like, he's lost interest in her and has actually yeah. been drawn to the box. Yeah. She's led him to the box. Yeah, possibly. But that does beg the question of how the fuck the robot calls him, because obviously the robot's got no desire whatsoever. He's been remotely controlled. Yeah. I th- Do you think that maybe <coughs> the focus of Pinhead, as in from a writing standpoint, it's gone from, in the first two films, he's almost like subdued. It's like you call him, he does his job, he takes you to hell, goes back to hell. Whereas from three onwards, they've made him this unstoppable killing machine. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, as well with three, isn't he sort of essentially set loose from hell now? Yeah, yeah. So technically, for this one, if we have got continuity, mm. he's not a slave to hell anymore. But then he comes from hell. Hell. So is he still serving Leviathan at this point? Is Leviathan still a presence? So we don't mention before. Leviathan either. There's no. no mention of. There is mention of opening the gates. Yeah, yeah. Letting hell loose. loose. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. Anyway, we've the science. Yeah, question the science <laughs> too much. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Penai comes through and has a bit of a talk with Angelique, who we learn that is a princess in hell. Princess, um, who, she's obviously very well known because Pinhead mm-hmm. is well aware of her. And this was obviously this is the point where you questioned the science of the question the sort of timeline. Time yeah, yeah, yeah. How does Pinhead know if Pinhead doesn't come to hell and serve until at least World War One when mm-hmm. she was in the eighteen hundreds? Yeah. But obviously, yeah, she's a princess and her reign in hell must have been quite something. Yeah, yeah. For them to know of her. So yeah, Pinhead um, <coughs> comes through the have chat. Angelique's trying to play the long game and trying to seduce John. Yeah. Whereas Pinhead is very much. It's not so much, I don't think it's at this point though, the, the argument sort of comes into play. I think Pinhead starts getting frustrated a little bit later. Yeah, Pinhead's very much of the opinion that they should just go in. Yeah, he's all about the suffering, pain, suffering. Yeah, pain, suffering, and terror. Where she's more of a tankress. And she's trying to get what she wants out of a merchant. Because obviously. Pinhead must know about the whole notion thing. So, because he's obviously then keen on getting this gateway to hell open. But he's, he wants to make him suffer in order to get what he wants, whereas Angelique wants to tempt him to do what she wants. So we get a bit of a cat and mouse game where Angelique's trying to seduce him, reveals his past to John, gives him a little taster, because John's not aware at the moment and she is, in fact, a demon. Um, so he gets to see his bloodline history, see where he's got to. But this is all moving too slow for Pinhead. He wants those gates opened and he wants them open now. Um, and so Pinhead decides, I'm going to take his boy. Yes, and it's at this point when Angelique and Pinhead are talking, the two, 
twin security guards. <laughs> Find a weird door, they've got snowing architectural plans. I'm not entirely sure the purpose of this whole scene. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, we've got two security guards working at this new super box building. And they're twins and they seem to be walking around the building and doing checks on rooms and they find like a mysterious door. Mm. Long story short, they go through the door, they find Angelique and Pinhead talking and they get turned into this weird twin centre-bite. Yeah. Pinhead does have some pretty good, great lines just before they get turned into a twin centre-bite though. Do you think you know pain for that? I don't do the voice lines. You look at me to do voice every time. Oh my god. Maybe I sneak it in there when you're not so eager for me to do it. You're not so much of a thirsty bitch about it. That's my point, that's my problem. I'm sitting here like hands, they all cross. You're too keen, man, you're too keen. I can't do it, too much pressure. Yeah, yeah. Do you think this was just thrown in to give us a new look at Sound of Lights? Was it to just keep the audience ticking along on the violence front? They don't play any part in the plot at all. We see them a little bit later where they get a kill. Yeah. <coughs> well, I just thought like of an interesting kill to do with these two and the other for them. Because the twins will just mash them together. Yeah. But then it really annoyed me then later, there's a scene later in the film where the twins split to then suck somebody else up between them. By smashing together five minutes later, you're taking them apart. Yeah, true. I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, no. Uh, but it's quite an interesting kill, it's quite an interesting melding of two bodies into one kind of idea. Yeah, I think it was at this point though I started noticing the cutaways in the kills, because they, I think they do that quite a bit in this one. It is definitely a lot less, they have the classic change in face, you yeah. see that a lot. Yeah. Um, but most of the other stuff, like you said, it's very much cutaway stuff on the floor, yeah, seeing blood like fall. Blood falling, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this guy was a director, was a special effects guy, so maybe he had some really cool shit in there, they were like, uh, we can't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I said earlier, when we were talking about it, I'd be really interested to see his cut. Yeah. What yeah. he had in mind. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yes, after, so we got the twins, Pinhead goes after the boy, goes to John's apartment, which seems fucking huge. Yeah, there's, there's, there's this point just before, just after he t- kills the twins, that he says to Angelique that the most suffering a parent could go through is the loss of a child. So then he comes up with a plan to, to kidnap Merchant's kid in order to get him to build the box. Which is pretty damn low. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Good thought the minion of hell is going to open the gates yeah. of hell yeah, to exactly. unleash hell yeah, yeah. on it. Yeah. We'll go after kids. Resort to such dastardly means. Yeah, goes after the kiddie. There's a hole, he's left playing stuff upstairs. Mum goes downstairs to the laundry, kiddie screams. Mum runs upstairs. Dad comes back, sees they're all gone. And knows where they are. It's just like there's a knife in a poster. That's it, I believe, in his building. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so off he goes to the building to try and save the day. Um, at this point, I forgot to mention as well, there's the Hellhound. The Hellhound we see earlier. Yes, uh, 
Well, how do you feel about the Hellhound? Um, I feel like they could have brought the engineer back. Yeah. From the first one, or well, the first two. That would be pretty cool. It kind of adds to the whole good dogs go to heaven thing. Bad dogs go to hell. <laughs> you can't say it like dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah possibly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just add in layers under the hell. <laughs> just question the science yeah. of overthinking it. Yeah, definitely. Could but just be like, hey, that's pet dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, fuck it, I can turn this man into a dog thing. Yeah. I mean, they could have brought the engineer back, or... They could have had Cerberus, this week had a dog got over the gates of Hades. Yeah. That'd be pretty fun to eat. Maybe that was an odd to move his one of his little bastard pups. No, possibly. It's only got one head, so question in there. Authenticity of that. Question question. just crossed his lineage. Wanna see papers? Wanna see the pedigree hell If he ain't directly descended from Cerberus, I'll have my money back. Um yeah, the dog, the hell dog that we see earlier. Pinhead's checking some bones. Do you want some meat? Do you want, what is it? Do you want some food that screams? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty good line. I thought at this point the hellhound would be after those cops because that's it cuts the there's two security guards. Yeah, I there. thought they were. You would have fed. Yeah, but now instead he just mashes them together. Yeah. Ah, oh, that works too. Yeah, we wouldn't have had dog attacking and cut away the blood being splattered everywhere. So yeah, it's a good <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, off he goes. Mummy and little Sonny Jim are sat in a room with a box on the table. Mummy goes to go get the box. And Hellhound. Hellhound comes. No, no, actually, Pinhead confronts the family with. Because obviously he's got the son and the wife. Yeah. He confronts Merchant with those. And they manage to run away after a bit of a, bit of a confrontation with Pinhead. Um, Merchant puts the sun into the lift and says, oh, what does it say? You'll do great or something like that. <laughs> yeah. like, go do it or something like that. And he's like, you'll be fine, go on. Yeah. Do what? In a lift. Yeah. This little five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Just in a lift. So yeah, then the wife runs in the opposite direction. She's then chased by the dog, who chases her into a room. She manages to close the door and push the table up against the door. And on that table is the box. Now, I'm not sure at what point she realised that the box would close the gates of hell because the dog is slamming up against the door when she's pushing the table, the box lands in her lap and she immediately starts to try to close it. Now, if I'm being chased by a dog from hell and a Rubik's cube, for example, lands in my lap, I'm not going to try and solve it, you know what I mean? Try and fucking shit myself on the way. Um, yeah, but she manages to crack the box. Yeah. Again, I don't know how. Well, I'm assuming she sent the dog back to hell. Yeah, she zaps it with a light bang on. Then she goes after transfer her husband. John is with Pinhead. Um, they're on both playing games. Pinhead manages to channel the boy's voice and the boy's whistling for his little cry. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then some other stuff happens. <laughs> End of film. End of film. <laughs> um, I think at one point we see like the lift going up and down really, really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Needs to be controlled control by control. I mean, why yeah. put him in a lift in the first place? Yeah. You have to go down the stairs. What can you do there? Nothing except the hell out of you. Except the hell out. Except the hell out after you. At some point, Angelique and Pinhead's plans sort of go apart. 
Angelique wants to continue her life on Earth, whereas Pinhead wants to open a box and box, open a portal to Hell or get the gates of Hell. So I think that Angelique is trying to get Merchant to close the doors to Hell, so that she lines on Earth. She stays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas obviously Pinhead wants to just open the gates. So Angelique has Merchant. He's already started his work on this master design, which would close the gates of power. Which we see his descendant come up with some plans earlier on in the film. And he's, he's doing it with like mirrors and lights and stuff, stuff like that. So he starts the program. It doesn't really work, as far as I can recall. Yeah, it's not like a fleet. Yeah, yeah, so the lights sort of fail. <clears throat> then the pinhead comes in and he's like, fuck this shit. I'm not seeing no lights. Yeah, I'm done with this. So he, the wife runs away. Um, a hook comes from behind Pinhead, straight through Merchant's throat. Some knives come up from the back of it and then go through them again and chop his head off. Which looked awesome. Yeah, which is pretty, pretty sweet. I'd say that's probably one of my favourite Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And, but then we learned that the, the light show actually worked. And they all get sent to hell, I believe. I mean, we watched this like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, something obviously happens because they all get sent back into hell. Yeah. Um, which is where we cut back to the space station and he's wrapping up his story. And he's like, look, you don't know why I've unleashed. Mm. They are on the ship. They will kill you all. They will kill you all. We have to go through with my plan of the light. Um, coincidentally, despite the fact that he's called them probably over an hour ago, before he started telling the tale, yeah. the sun is only just now ready to start the box. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh yeah, it's, yeah, 20 minute countdown starts now. Yeah. Um, so they send somebody to go and investigate, and lo and behold, obviously the space marines don't believe him. Yeah, but the guy talking about demons and fucking pleasures of the like flesh. We'll go and search his, search his room, and now we'll get out of here. You know, check in jail, all this nice. So, they're all looking on the space station, and obviously they're getting picked off one by one by the, by the they satellites. Because when the robot opens the box, Penai comes through with Sandbite Angelique. She's got like the skin ripped open from her head and chained into her shoulders. shoulders uh, pretty cool. Yeah. And we get the twin Sandbite, that was great earlier. And they're just running rampant on the ship. Uh, is the dog there as well? Dog's there because dog gets pressurized. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gets blown up. Um, so yeah, they're killing all the space marines. I think there's like two left at the end, maybe three. Yeah. There's... I forget what the woman's called now. The woman space marine. Ah, Runner. Rimmer, that's it, I was going to say that, it must be not uh, Red Red Wolf, Wolf, yeah, yeah. <laughs> must be. <clears throat> um, yes, so Space Marine Rimmer, this female Space Marine that's been interviewing him, she's all like, we really need to get the fuck off the ship, and there's her, the descendant of Merchant, and the, like, commander. Yeah. Um, the commander's all like, yeah, you go for it, I'm going to do something. What is going to do? We end up dying. Yeah. Um, Pinhead is chasing after John Jr. Yeah, the descendant of Major. The descendant of Major. 
and he's doing us typing while he's at it. Yeah, I think after a certain amount of these space marines get killed, it's at that point they go, okay, maybe you should actually do what you should actually try this light thing, because we're all dying. Yeah. Well, um, back to the best line in the movie, or my favourite line. We've got Pinhead is going after one of the space marine dudes. And he like whips around and shoots him with his like space laser cannon. <laughs> <laughs> and like does that thing to Pinhead. He's like, what fucking planet are you from, man? And like went so it's like just to emphasize the fact that they are now back yeah, in space. space yeah. And maybe there are aliens, because like yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. in the future. Maybe maybe just some quip. Yeah, maybe he's just like really clever. clever. Yeah. But I fucking it was awesome. It was dealt delivered dealt. Delivered superbly. Yeah, that's the guy who gets killed by the twins, isn't it? No, the guy that gets killed by the... T- he's the one that gets killed by the dog. The dog's hiding away from him. Ah, uh, that's true. So the, yeah, yeah. the guy that gets killed by the twins is the captain, the commander. Mm. He's the one that gets fucking sucked in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the twins like separate and they sort of circle him. And then they hug him to death. <laughs> Condense him down. Yeah. I don't know if they like absorb him and they become like a three-piece then. Oh, maybe, yeah. You don't see that, it does the whole cutaway thing again, yeah. so you just like a cutaway to, oh, there's his headset, there's his suit. Mm. So maybe they just suck him up. Yes. Um, yes. Pinhead goes after Merchant. Merchant's all like, oh, I've won. I'm just a hologram. <laughs> and actually he's on the ship, leaving the escape pod. Yeah, Pinhead like, thinks he's on the ship, but it's yeah. like a video of him, or like a... Yeah, a feed of him on some other spaceship. He left the space He's station. Yeah. And then we see the space station sort of folding in and light from the sun hits one of the mirrors and then it creates this sort of refracting the light. Ah, nice. Science. Science. Like me, science. <laughs> and Pinhead's all like, I can't die! Yeah. But apparently he can. Yeah, he does. Boom. Until... Well, it's until oblivion. Boom. Yes. So yeah, and then the gates of hell are closed. Hell comes. Forever, technically. Apparently, yeah. Because this is my understanding. If this is following the timeline, yeah. so we go back, and this is way in the future, way, way, way in the future, uh, all the others are set. Yeah, I thought that, actually. Yeah. Before four. Wow. So, so this is actually the end five, of the Five, six, seven, eight, nine are all yeah. bang, 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 bang. Yeah. They're actually, in terms of timeline, yeah. in the past. So, so Pinhead might actually be dead in space. Clive Barker didn't need to write, write the Scarlet Gospel. No, he's already dead. He <laughs> <laughs> wrote him off already. Um, yeah, so... Do you think that was an intentional thing, trying to write Pinhead off? As in, kill him off in the future so they can... Like, still finish up the Hellraiser. This was the end of Hellraiser. I think 4 was intentionally going to be the end of the Hellraiser franchise and maybe you start again Possibly without yeah. Pinhead. Um... I mean, if I assume that would have been Clive Parker's idea, because he was never keen on Pinhead being the main sort of the focus of this focus whole hell exactly. universe. Um, yeah, no, I think they took us. He's still quite heavily in the limelight in this, but not yeah. quite so much as the third. Mm, yeah, in three, he's very much the main. He's, he's the main bad guy, and he gets plenty of screen time. In this, again. He does get his fair share of screen time. Yeah. But I think Angelique is more the main. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that um, 
the original director didn't like about it or something like that or like maybe the studio got involved and said we need more Pinhead yeah. so I don't think he was that much of a focus in the original intended um, plan plan yeah yeah, like I said, I'd be interested, maybe I should do some research, which, you know, we should do before every episode. <laughs> actually do some research into this. Yeah, um, yeah so four bloodlines. Yeah. Not as bad as I remember. So, in the ones we've watched so far, we've only watched the first four. Uh, well, we've only spoken about the first four so far. How would you rank them? At the moment, in order, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Uh, uh, didn't you say you preferred four to three, though? I prefer five to four and ah, three. Ah, that's good. Um, but yeah, no, at the moment it is following, and um, like I said, the, the Hellraiser is clearly the best. Yeah. Two is not far behind. Three is a bit of a step away from the other two. Four is still, we're still stepping down. We're not yeah. getting better. Yeah. It's not a great departure from three. No, I mean, we're still pinhead running rampant. It drops a lot of the cheese. Yes, yeah, yeah. But it, it almost drops the 90s thing. Yeah, it? it almost goes back to trying to be an actual horror movie rather yeah. than a 90s trope horror movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, it's definitely way better than I thought it was mm. when I originally watched it. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is like I must have been in my head wanting more pinhead, yeah. but didn't get the pinhead I wanted. I mean, is this the whole lens thing that we keep on going back to though? Is it like you're looking at it from a different perspective now that I'm older and wiser quite possibly which makes me question all the horror films I'm <laughs> like that was fucking shit yeah, yeah maybe I should go back and watch, <laughs> <laughs> go back and watch yeah. everything now that I'm older yeah definitely um, but yes on to five Hellraiser Inferno Inferno which came out in 2000 I believe yeah so Hellraiser Inferno came out in 2000 it's the first of the Hellraiser series to be released direct to video Wow, four did like a cinema run. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but that did well. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. Which probably explains why Inferno was straight to video. Yeah. Uh, directed by Scott Derrickson. So we start off with Joseph Thorne, a police detective in the Denver Police Department. Yeah, it opens up. Joseph is sitting there playing chess with a professor. That's right, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of like... Like, with this one that I watched, I started watching this a few weeks ago on my train journey home. I think I got to a point where I thought, I can't actually watch this on the train home. <laughs> you know I mean, like, there's this people like... This weird. Yeah, yeah. So I stopped it and I resumed it last night. I just, I, instead of watching the whole thing, I just went from where I wanted to see it from. So I'm a bit sketchy on the beginning, but... Yeah, so he's playing, playing chess and they're pretty quick chess. It's like, bam, 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 bam forward a little timer and uh, he wins against a college professor which sort of leads us to believe that he's smart yes he can beat a college professor detective good detectives are smart mm. um, he goes on a bit of a, a monologue about how he's loved puzzles and always loved puzzles since he was a kid and so uh oh this is going to spell trouble. Puzzles. Yeah. Now we learned pretty early on that he's a bit of a scumbag. He's a bit of a dodgy character, yeah. He goes, gets called to a crime scene, goes to a crime scene with his partner, and they look in the wallet, and what's left of these remains on the floor from somebody who went to college room. Mm. Um, while he's looking around the house, 
there's, there's a book on the shelf for sticking out, you open up the book, there's a little vial of drugs, which is magic, so he's very good at little close oh, yeah. magic, and magic some cocaine magic. away. Um, straight up his nose. Finds <laughs> it's just straight down the ball. God. He <laughs> uh, also finds the box and uh, a candlestick. Uh, obviously, all this stuff's got to be checked into evidence. He goes back to the police station to check the stuff into evidence. Um, he says that the guy's wallet's got four hundred dollars in it. He takes three hundred dollars out of the wallet, pockets it, scribbles out four hundred, writes in hundred. So right off the bat, he's a bit of a dirty cop. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he quickly pops home with the box because they've taken the prints off it. He's stolen the box. He wants to have a look at the box. Um, picks the box up, goes home. His wife's all like, oh, are you home? And he's like, no, I'm looking at a case. He's like, okay, when will I see you? Like, I don't know, working a case. <laughs> he's a hard-working cop. Yeah, yeah. Um, off he goes in his car, and he's all around about, gives this little, again, monologue about, yeah, believe in loyalty. And that other word for not fucking around. I can't remember what it is. I really hope that's the but sometimes something about my parents being together for so many years. I'm Batman. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically he's just trying to justify picking up a prostitute. So picks her up, they go to a motel. Um, he gives her the money, gives her some coke. And when I was first heard her say it, I'm pretty sure she said, you can come in me any way you want, as many times as you want. And I was like, whoa, that's a bit dirty. Yeah. I don't know any prostitute that practices those sort of shenanigans. <laughs> How many do you know? <laughs> None, personally. <laughs> I just would have thought the whole STI thing, you wouldn't let somebody come in you anywhere yeah. they wanted, yeah. as many times as they wanted. Yeah. But this girl, apparently couple hundred dollars. So you say you thought she said that, did she actually say that? Well later on I'm sure she says you can have me any way you want, as many times as you want. Right. Which didn't have quite the same impact. Yeah. I like the cover line better. So if she did actually say that was that just your That's brain just my brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my imagination. If ever I get a prostitute, hopefully she'll say to me I can come wherever I want, as many times as I want. Bargain. <laughs> 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 Rumpy happens. He's obviously not sleeping because he's totally wired. She's flat out in the bed. Um, so he goes off into the bathroom with the box and he's looking at the box and he's having a little play with the box. And the box starts talking. Lights start to flicker, but there's no pin in this time. We don't see it. He doesn't turn up. Nobody turns up. He's just been flicking with the lights. He goes out, she's still sleeping, he packs up, goes to work the next morning. He's sitting there with his partner and they're discussing the case and the phone rings. He picks up the phone and it's the girl from the motel. He's like, what are you doing? This is like my private line, my direct line. How the fuck did you get my number? Yeah. And she starts screaming down the phone. Yeah. So off he goes back to the motel like, oh shit, what's going on? In the bathroom, there she is, hanging up in the bathroom, bang, in the shower. So he calls his buddy in, his partner in, to help yes. out. This is the pipe that I started washing with last time. So he calls his little buddy in, says, You need to have a look in the bathroom. 
was like, oh shit, what did you do? He's like, I didn't do fuck all, man. It was me. He sends his partner in first, and before he goes in there, he picks up a pen and a cigarette pack from his from his partner's glove box. Dirty, dirty, yeah, dirty bastard. And whilst uh, his partner is in the bathroom looking at this dead girl, no, actually, it's while his partner's calling in the murder because they've cleaned the crime scene. He convinces his partner that, look, it wasn't me, I didn't do it, I need you to help me cover this up. Yeah. <clears throat> so the pair of them wipe down the crime scene, and then while his partner's calling her in, he tactfully plants the pen and kicks the pack of facts under the bed. Yeah. Setting up his partner in his partner, yeah. What about shit? Um, it's at that point that the main, main dude goes into the bathroom to find the finger. Joseph, yes, he's investigating the crime scene on like the soap dish on the side of the showers. They get mounted, he sees a little finger. Oh, yeah, we've got there was also a finger at the first crime scene yes. inside the candle. Yes. The crime of the crime lab man. Forensics. That's the way I was looking for. <laughs> crime lab man. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and the forensic scientist guy who like analyzes the finger in the candle and says it's from a child. Yeah. So all of a sudden this becomes a hunt for a child killer. And is it at this point that we learn that the killer is called the engineer? It's sort of hinted at shortly, not quite yet, because he goes to the tattoo piercing yes, piece first. That's right, yeah. Um, so we find the second finger. It's like, wow, this finger is still fresh. There's no rigor mortis. That means this kid's still alive. So like, oh shit, we've got to find this kid. Um, Joseph, our bad policeman, goes to see his little ice cream man snitch, who also happens to palm him off with free coke. Um, Isn't this after the bit of the piercing shop? No, he gets the information from right, that guy's yeah, right, yeah. piercing shop. No, no he gets the information about the piercing shop from the forensics guy, didn't he? From the um, fingerprint man. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes to see ice cream man, asking him for some information. No, you are right. He goes to the fucking thing first because he asks ice cream man about the engineer and the ice cream man pretends he doesn't know. So the forensic guy pulls a print off the box, yes. which is from a guy who works in a tattoo slash piercing place. Mm. And off Joseph goes to investigate. Sure, what? And <laughs> I figure out how to turn that off. <laughs> uh, he walks in, and the guy on tail hasn't got a top on. He's topless, walking around. No, you know these places are supposed to be health and safety. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how health and safety and clean that is. He goes in to talk to the dude that's doing the piercing, and we see him pierce some woman's tongue. Um, he makes some quip about she won't be given head anytime soon, mm. which I thought was completely unprofessional. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming that she gets head, just because she's current time here. But, um, so he starts asking him questions about the box, and he's got his fingerprints mm. all over the box. You need, you, need, you need to know where you got the box from. He's just like, hey man, I'm just a middleman. Yeah. He's, uh, the engineer's got the box, the engineer's got the mad. And he says about how it's John Cho, something like that, I think the guy's yeah, name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, Wasn't he the first kill? The first kill uh, was trying to buy the box. Yeah. Didn't have enough money, so he ended up stealing the box. Mm. And now this guy wants the box back. Yeah. Um, Joseph loses his cool, starts to roughhouse the guy a little bit. Pushes him up against the wall, and the guy delivers one of my favourite lines, I think, so far today in Halloween movies. It's better than the line in three. 
It's, hey, man, you're going to frisk me or fuck me. And like, whoa! <laughs> Language. Yeah. Oof. Gives the impression they'd be keen for both. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> mind either or. Frisk yeah. me or fuck me. Let's get us underway. <laughs> um, yes, the man then explains to Joseph, well, he's just a middleman. All he works for is the engineer. He's like, I need some more information on the engineer. And he's like, man, I ain't got nothing for you. I ain't not tell you fuck all about the engineer. Yeah. My life would be worth living if I told you about the engineer. So he gives him his card and says, look, if you change your mind, talk to me. Yeah. Give me a bell. So off he goes to see Ice Cream Man, which is his little snitch. He goes to see the Ice Cream Man, the Ice Cream Man, selling ice cream to the kids. They make a joke about him selling drugs to the kids. And he is there to actually sell drugs. Yeah. <laughs> he gets them out to the kids, he sells them to the older kids. Yeah. Slips Joseph a vial of cocaine for free because they're buddies. Um, they go inside the van, and the van is plastered in porn. naked women porn. <laughs> Cut out of magazines, there's titties everywhere. Um, which I was like, that's a bit creepy for an ice cream man to be yeah. walking around sell something. And I think it's insinuated a little bit that he is actually a child. Molester. Oh really? Yeah, there's some comment made about um, dobbing him in and like he'll lose his license and won't be able to like put like the kids. Sell ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you must have some sort of yeah. credentials to sell ice cream. I mean, I guess so, yeah. I don't know. Can can you just buy a van and sell ice cream out of it? I don't know. I think it's worth investigating. Yeah. Not that I have any intention of becoming an ice cream man. No, boy, the intention of actually investigating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he gets a bit rough, starts slapping him around, telling him he wants some information about the engineer. Um, and lo and behold, he starts spilling his beans about what he knows about the engineer, which isn't a great deal. No. He gets warned about the engineer, not to look into the engineer too much. Yeah. Um, I think the line is. Um, if you look for the engineer, the engineer will fight, come find you or something like that. Yeah, if you hunt for the engineer, the engineer will hunt for you. That's right, yeah. Um, he tells a story about some dude who fell in love with a girl he was bringing to the engineer. He decided not to give it to the engineer. And long and short of it is that he ended up finding her head. In the engineer bed. left him a note saying, I left you with the baby you need. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I need the rest or something like that. Cold. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, yes, so... Off he goes to do a bit more police work, investigating. He's sitting in a bar, falling apart a little bit because he's tired. He's got all this stuff going on. They're investigating the murder of this prostitute that he was with. Um, his partner comes up to him and says to him, look, you know, I'm not sure what I can cover for you anymore. This is yeah, yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. They have a bit of a barney, a bit of a fallout. Um, he leaves to go to a bar. In a bar, some kid comes up to him and gives him a VHS tape which he plays in the bar to Ellie. Yeah, that's really weird. And it shows the ice cream man getting whipped to death with cat nine tails, yeah. which also happened to be in the tattoo shop man. Yes, the shop. It's on the end of it. Yeah. So he's like, oh shit, this is it. This is who I need to bring in. I've got him for the murder. He takes the tape in to show his boss and his partner, but the tape's blank. There's nothing on the tape now. And he's all like, yeah, there was, I definitely saw it. He's like, can you check? Can you check to see if the tape's been erased? And the guy's like, I can check to see if it's been erased, but I won't be able to tell you what was on it. Yeah. So the chief says, everybody leave except for you, Joseph. We need a chat. 
He's like, yeah, what's up, Captain? He's like, I think you're losing the plot. I need to go talk to the psychologist we got here. I was trying to think of a name. The psychologist we got here. Off he goes down to talk to the psychologist after having a bit of a paddy. Um, he starts sort of divulging some information, has a bit of a meltdown. Says, can I come back tomorrow? He's like, yeah, sure. Off he goes, he goes home to see his wife and kid briefly. Wife and kid are not happy because he's not staying. He's like, I've got work to do. Um, and he goes to investigate, if I remember correctly, the cowboy place for some reason. The cowboy goes there before he goes home. Because he's all beaten up when he goes home. That's right. He's got a lead of some sort somehow. I can't remember how. But he goes to this bar in the middle of nowhere, like a clubhouse. Yeah. And it's full of essentially what I assume is supposed to be cowboys yeah. playing poker. And the thing I really liked about this, I don't know if you picked up on it, <clears throat> but obviously they're playing poker, so they've got the chips and they keep chucking the chips down. Yeah. All the way through the bit where he's talking, people are still chucking chips down. Yeah. It sounds like the chains. Oh, wow, I didn't think it was. When I was listening to it, I was like, man, that sounds fucking creepy as fuck. That's pretty good. Cool. So that's cool. Yeah. Meets this guy in the thing, who's like, got his little six shooters. He's like, yeah, I got a license for these. I can carry these guns. It's totally cool. Yeah. And they start talking about the engineer. He's like, yeah, you're playing the engineer's game. The engineer will be done with you when he's done with you. Um, he's sort of losing his marbles a bit because he keeps seeing people looking like Cenobites. Yeah, yeah. And somebody leaving the place looks like a Cenobite. He runs off after him, chases him through the woods. He falls down a bit in the woods like they always do. Yeah. And then gets his ass kicked by two karate yeah, cowboys. Ninja cowboys? Yeah, ninja cowboys just come down and the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, the man from the club comes down and says to him, like, you know, gives him another warning about the engineer. I and mean, magically his partner turns up and it's all like, oh, yo, shit, we should take you to the hospital. Yeah. They chuck him in the back of the car, off they drive, and he's like, take me home. And he's got to the hospital, take me home. And then back to what I said earlier about he's in his home yeah. with his wife and kids. At that point, his wife gets a phone call saying that his mother has said something about there being somebody there to see him. Somebody, somebody wants called the engineer. <gasps> Fuck, the engineer's fucking with his family, yo. Um, off he goes to find his mum and dad. They're still in the home. Mum sitting in a chair, dad's in the bed, in like this care home. Yeah, yeah. Um, dad's not well, dad hasn't been out of bed for a long time. Mum's all like, why haven't you been to visit? But like, not really paying any attention to it. Yeah, it's weird. She, he just, she just goes into that straight away as soon as he comes in there. Yeah. Um, and so he goes into the bathroom to like freshen up, but then the door locks <clears throat> and he hears his mum like screaming and going, no no don't do that except you know with real fear and panic not yeah. my little chipmunk <laughs> voice um she starts screaming and you can hear like essentially hellways and noises mm. tearing through flesh stabby stabby and blood coming through, blood coming through under the door so at this point he wakes up <gasps> he's just been dreaming then the phone ring. And I said, Mum. And she said something about the engineer. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Off he goes. Rushes him again. Bang, bang, bang. But this time, his mum and dad are not there. Mm. They're missing. And there's a little box. He opens the box. In the box, there's another two fingers. Another two. And a note that gives him an address. Yes. To go somewhere. 
that's right, he turns up at this old abandoned building and there's a telescope. Telescope looking out through the windows, he opens the windows to look out through the telescope and in the building opposite is his partner strapped to a chair. Yes. Um, we see the Cenobite weird guy behind him and starts stabbing him in the back. No! Is it at this point he goes back to the home to find that his parents are gone? Yeah, there's no, something, there's no, something, on, something telling him, he, tells him to go home. He wakes up, doesn't he? He wakes up back in his bed at home. His wife gets the phone call. He goes back to the home. And that's when he finds that his parents are missing. That's what leads him to this bit, isn't it? He finds out his parents are missing the fingers are in the box, which gives him the address which he comes to. Sorry, in. you're right. Yeah. That's right. He rushes off <clears throat> because he knows he's been told. He gets a phone call or something that tells him so off he goes, calls in that his partner's in the building dead, he's not on the scene, he can't explain why he knows he's dead, but he's dead. Yeah. Goes back to his home home, in his home home he finds that it's really cold. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Super frosty. And his wife and child, his daughter, they're both on the iconic pillar. Yeah, yeah. This rotating round and round and round. And then the psychiatrist turns up. Yeah. And he's all like, oh, it takes hours for people to die from exposure, implying that they've been like this for a long for a while, time. Yeah, yeah. And he's been neglecting them and it's his fault that they're dead. Um, the psychiatrist eventually gets revealed to be the engineer, yeah. which happens to be Pinhead in this instance. Yeah. Um, and says to him, I told you to go home, mm. to your home home, this is to your home, to your first home, where he goes back to where his parents were and where he grew up. Yeah. Um, he goes prepped, he goes armed, yeah. he's got his shotgun, uh, gets in, his dad's sitting in the chair on a little nap, he's playing upstairs, his little kid version of himself is playing upstairs. Yeah. Um, his mum's downstairs making brownies. She calls the kid down, kid comes downstairs to eat brownies. He says, oh yeah, she better leave some for your dad as well. And then, gates of hell open, because the house starts falling apart. Yes, that's right, yeah. Mum really comes like, eyes missing, possessed, trying to stab him. Daddy's out of the bed, out of the sofa. They're like looking old. Yeah. Everything starts to age, the boy fades. Mummy gets old, Daddy gets old. Yeah. Um, they're both missing their eyes. Mummy's blindly slashing at him with a knife. Daddy grabs him from behind, he ends up getting cut. Shoots Mummy with a shotgun, bang! Turns around, shoots Daddy with a shotgun, bang! Yeah. Walks through the house, his partner turns up, starts throwing the stuff out of his back at him. Shoots him with a shotgun, bang! Some other people say, oh, we've got like the sexy lesbian Cenobites as well. Sisterly Cenobites. Oh, yeah, yeah. In his dream. But they turn up, they're pretty cool. And we've got Chatter. So blitzing through this one. Yeah. I'm trying to remember all I can remember <laughs> about watching it. Um, yeah, he's like poking around the house, and we've got these two weird sister Cenobites that are like earlier in the film, try getting on with him when he's having this weird dream about a kid crying. Um, the chatterer makes a return 
in the form of essentially like half a torso, yeah. arms and chattery feet. Um, they're all creeping around the house, blitzing through a stroke of fucking yeah. lots. I think I start to fall asleep at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah, he then, Pinhead explains to him the sort of situation. He wakes up, he's still on the motel bed, motel floor. Uh, before he does that, though, he sees that um, there's another version of him there with Pinhead and a child version of him there with Pinhead. And that's, that's where the reveal is that he's reliving his own hell, essentially. The, yes, the, the Cenobite man who has been killing all these people that we see running around, that he's been chasing, he's chasing him through the house. And we get a big reveal where they're showing you him as the child yeah. with the missing fingers. Yeah. His, his fingers. His fingers from his the child version of himself all along. The adult version of himself is revealed to be the Cenobite. Yeah. Um, and into the middle town, and yes, you are living this hell over and over again. This yeah. is your hell. So when he opened the box in the beginning of the film, that's when... Triggered. Yeah, he was sent to hell then, for being such an awful person. So he wakes up in the motel, on the floor with the box, and he's like, ah, oh, whew, it's all just a dream. Yeah. Thank fuck for this. Goes to work, phone rings, hello, Detective Joseph, whatever the fuck my name is. And it's the girl, the prostitute, and she starts screaming down the phone. And he's all like, fuck this. Pulls out his gun, shoots himself. <laughs> but he just wakes up again, on the floor, with a box. Cut. Finish the film. There he is, he's living in his own hell consistently, forever. This is his hell. Yeah. I blitzed through it because, like I said, I kind of watched it earlier today at 7 o'clock this morning. We're now recording this at 7 o'clock at night after also watching 4. So I wanted to get out where I remembered. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we skipped over loads of stuff, blitzed through it. 5 I thought was shit when I first watched it. Yeah. I remember specifically not enjoying 5. Yeah. Um, this time around, I fucking love Five. Five is really yeah. clever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got a lot going for it. Um, I feel like some of the writing could have been a bit better. They, you could pick certain, there are certain bits and pieces about like, you know, again, so we say they have a question of the size, yeah. there's a couple of shots and stuff that are odd and some yeah. of the things that go about. But I think this idea that when he first opens the box, he's, he's Although we don't have that standard set of lights coming and yeah. this whole like, material sort of part, yeah. that that's it, he's in, he's now in, he's in his hell. This yeah. is his hell on repeat, on loop forever. Yeah. All this stuff happening, driving him insane. I think that was a really clever step to take after everything else. They've like tried yeah. to bring it back to people rather than payment. Yeah, this yeah. idea that people and the suffering and the hell. Yeah. Um, Again, Pinhead's in this for maybe, I don't know, two minutes of screen time? Like that, yeah. It's not a lot of screen time. Yeah. Um, the other set of bites, in fact, are far more screen time, but they don't yeah. talk. So. Yeah. yeah. But I thought this was really clever. Um, I really liked it. I don't know, if, like I said before, whether it's just because I watch so much tap now that yeah, by yeah. default this yeah. is going further up the rankings. The standards of yeah, <laughs> what I consider acceptable horror. <laughs> Um, but no, I really liked the way this, the direction this was going, the leaving, the, the idea of leaving 
Pinhead as the hell and he's a face mm. behind the spider fang who's plastered all over the box yeah, art. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of ranking for me, this is definitely up there, possibly one, two, five, three, wow. four. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's much more cleverer than three, three, like you said, three suffers from a lot of the standard horror 90s tropes. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas Five tries to do something different, it tries to step away from the idea of Pinhead as the lead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it does something different with the Hellways franchise. Yeah. So for me, it gets kudos. Oh, yeah. I agree with you, yeah, definitely. It's, um, there is a point in the Hellways franchise where they, the studio just had to churn them out to keep the name, to keep the franchise. franchise. Right. <coughs> it's the franchise, yeah. So they had a bunch of scripts and they shoehorned Hellraiser into them, essentially. And I feel like this could have been one of those because because of the fact that Pinhead's not in it. For, you know, yeah, I agree. Barely, yeah, 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 he's barely in it. But I think if it is that, then it's a very good version of that. It's a well-crafted, well crafted Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think they, it could very well be... Uh, yeah, again, I'd be interested to know if anybody does know. I'm not going to look into it. But <laughs> if anybody does know, I'd be very much interested to find out how this sort of came about in terms of whether it was like a cop being set up movie, which they then added the Cenobite spin on, or yeah. whether it was originally planned as a cop to send into madness. Yeah, yeah. Um, when they checked the Cenobites That's in. A, and then it could have just been a film about the cop going after somebody called the engineer. Yeah. And then finds out using hell all along. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a number of potential avenues. Yeah. Um, to be short of the box and Pinhead determined that it could have been just a film about somebody in hell. Yeah. You know, it didn't have to be a Hellraiser film if the box wasn't there. I mean, yeah, obviously then am. you'd, you'd, you'd have to come up with some contrived reason as to how we got to hell and stuff like that. Yeah, you'd have to find some way to make it, make that link. Yeah. yeah. But at this point, I thought I would be sick of Hellraiser movies already. Yeah. Um, but I'm super excited to watch the next two. Yeah, and the Porter. Which I think is going to destroy me because it's supposed <laughs> to be awful. Yeah, yeah. We'll um, see them. I mean, if Five, I thought, wasn't going to be great. I, I, I've seen it before, like years ago once. But um, I wasn't expecting much from it. And it did surprise me in that it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So you never know. Yeah, maybe I'm Maybe our standards are just like really sort of on the floor. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm happy to watch any old shit. The bar the is just so low right hate now. Batman. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah. <laughs> the film could be that bad. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, there we are. Next week's episode. Next week's? Oh, next, next episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's Hellraiser 6 and 7. So yes, next episode, Hellraiser... Six and seven. Yes. So Hell Seeker and Hell World. Mm. Um, I'm assuming Hell World is the RPG one. Yes, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about Hell Seeker. Um, I Mon think Kirsty comes back in Hell Seeker. No way. I think so. Yeah, she's in one of them. Scraped <laughs> <laughs> in the bottom of the barrel yeah, for yeah. work. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think 
is this seven and eight are the ones where they pretty much film back to back I think so yeah we'll do some research maybe and when I'm dead I can't remember the other one is. Uh, no promises <laughs> <laughs> thank you for tuning in yeah yeah uh, thanks for listening see you again Bye. Yeah.